everybody, I'm Beth Davis, and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday. I hope you were here last week. If you weren't, that's okay. You can go back and watch. It's not a requirement, but it will be helpful because I'm on a kick. I am loving talking about John 15. The Lord is doing a lot in my heart, on our staff, in Blessed Sheep. We are talking all the time about John 15, the vine and the branches, all about pruning. So we started that discussion last week and we're picking up this week. Now, again, if you weren't here last week, you're totally okay. You're gonna be able to, to follow along, but I wanna remind you to go back and watch because it's a part of a larger conversation we're having with the Holy Spirit about how to live lives of supernatural, super abundant fruitfulness. Sound good? Oh, by the way, this is Teachable Tuesday, where we discover God's heart in the word and apply it to our lives. That's exactly what we're about to do. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you overshadow us? I ask that you make our time together fruitful, make our hearts fertile. Lord, we wanna, we wanna produce fruit with our lives, with and for you, fruit that lasts, Lord. We wanna live lives of purpose, lives of passion, lives of peace, God, and we can only do that with your help. So Holy Spirit, come and help us. Helper, help us as we dive into your word today. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So as I mentioned, we've been obsessed with John 15, and even chatted a couple of weeks ago with uh, our team, our writers. And um, some of our writers, as luck would have it, are gardeners. They have uh, excellent green thumbs, which is not a quality I have. And so as we brought up this conversation about the vine and the branches, about producing good fruit, fruit that lasts, um, about pruning, they had lots of first-hand knowledge about these kinds of things. One writer in particular was sharing her experience of gardening and producing these beautiful flowers and even cutting off some of the most beautiful flowers in order to uh, produce even better, more abundant, more beautiful flowers later. And boy, that really spoke to me. It struck me as they were sharing all of their knowledge about gardening that many of us don't understand the ways of God because we're so disconnected from the land. We're so disconnected from the earth's natural processes that we don't understand the way that God works because of course God is at work in all of creation and in all of creation is a, a pattern for how God is going to work and is at work already in our lives. You see, we live in such an advanced society in a, a culture that's very technologically advanced and so our our brains our lives are full of so much light and noise pollution we've got all of this artificial stimulation coming in all of the time we're so used to instant gratification with 
uh, our phones, with our food, we're able to, to supercharge and speed up all of the natural processes in our lives. In fact, if you're anything like me, you're frustrated when things take a long time. If, if my phone is taking too long to load, I'm about to lose my temper. Like, what is that? We've become so used to instant gratification. But if we look at the land, if we look at the natural processes of planting, uh, growing, cultivating, pruning, harvesting, we can learn something about the rhythm and the, the pattern for God's activity in our lives. You see, the way that, that God works is often very contrary to our technologically advanced culture. The way God works is quiet and hidden, oftentimes slow and steady. It happens over time. Now, of course, there are miracles. I've received some of those miracles of grace in my own life where we, we go to bed one way and we wake up another. God can do that. He's a miracle worker. But more often than not, when we look at the land, we can see uh, reflected back to us our own experience of growth, of maturity, of bearing fruit quietly in a hidden way, slow and steady over time. So that's why we've been spending a lot of time in John 15. Isn't it interesting that Jesus speaks to us very often in agricultural metaphors, even though he was a carpenter? There's, there's something that speaks to the heart of you and me, to the heart of mankind, that reveals the heart of God that we discover in the land. So last week we chatted all about uh, Jesus as the vine, pumping this um, lifeblood through the vine and to us, the branches. We talked about the Father who is the vine grower and walking through the vineyards of our lives. That was uh, all leading up to a conversation in verse 2, how he removes every branch and he, he prunes branches that bear fruit to even make them bear more fruit. So we're picking up where we left off. We're going to talk today about John chapter 15, verse 4. I want you to have your Bible. I want you to have it in your hands. Uh, this is, I, I want you to experience the touch, the voice, the presence of God. And this happens when we, when we read scripture. If you want to hear God's voice, read his word. He's speaking the words of Jesus in John 15, 4. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So friends, if we want to produce good fruit, if we want to produce supernatural, super abundant fruit, fruit that lasts, fruit that lasts unto eternity, we have to abide in him. We have to abide in him. Last week, uh, when we talked about pruning, we spoke about pruning away those things that we know are wrong, that aren't bearing good fruit. We talked about our sin. And we talked about attachments, pruning away things that uh, are taking our heart's attention and affection when it rightly belongs to God, our creator and the lover of our soul. So we wanna prune away 
anything that stands in the way of that intimate relationship. And today, we're talking about abiding in Him. So pruning away obstacles to that abiding. What are some obstacles to prayer? Maybe you've got your own. Maybe you're very familiar with all the reasons prayer can't work in this season. Why can't I abide in Him? Can't I just pray all day? Well, the Catechism tells us that if we want to pray at all times, we have to pray at specific times, consciously willing it. So the fruit of that dedicated, daily, disciplined time of prayer is praying all day. But really, friends, it's a, it's a fantasy to think that we're going to be able to just be with God and maintain this, this unitive, intimate conversation within if we're never spending dedicated time, giving him our full attention and the affection of our hearts. So I want to talk about pruning away anything that stands in the way of making prayer, which is relationship. Anything that stands in the way of making relationship a priority. Okay. So how can we, uh, how can we abide if we're not praying? That's the real question. How can we be with the Lord if we're not praying, they're one and the same. Prayer equals relationship. So let's talk about just a couple of those obstacles to prayer. Maybe you'll hear yourself in them. The first that I can think of is time. You, just, you don't have time. I had a day like that yesterday, running from this thing to that. And, and even the in-between time was really just my time to eat something quickly or take a deep breath or drive to the next thing that was happening at the next time. I, I'm in a season like that myself. Maybe uh, time for you is not your own. You're in the thick of your vocation with little kids or you're in a time of transition, right? You're actually in the middle of a, a move right now and there's just no time. You're out of your routine. You're moving home from college or you're getting ready to start a new job. All of these things disrupt our ability to prioritize and to be disciplined in our prayer every single day. Or maybe you're in a, a time of crisis right now and can I tell you, I see you and I hear you. Your time is not your own. You can't even focus. You can't imagine uh, sitting at your loved one's bedside and really giving God your, your time and attention and affection. All of your time and attention and affection is on that person you love who's suffering. Or, or maybe it's you yourself who are, are suffering. But friend, I want to say, God knows and sees exactly where you are. He's very familiar with our circumstances, even more than we are. He understands all of the interplay, uh, the whole scope of our story. He knows all the dynamics of our relationship. He knows too our weakness. He knows all the things that stand in the way. So I wanna say very gently, <laughs> you have the time. You have the time. You have the time when you're scrolling on Instagram. That's a place that I found some time. You have the time when you sit down and everything in you wants to just kind of zone out, even for five minutes just to be quiet. But that relaxation, that zoning out, it's not bringing about life. You're not experiencing in that, in that relaxing the true rest that Jesus promises where his life uh, courses through us and actually 
re-energizes us and gives us strength to keep going. You have time, even by that loved one's bedside. In fact, your attention and affection for that person you love can all be given to the Lord, right? You can be looking at him and loving this person and loving him in this person. You have the time. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you see where you have those pockets of time. If you don't have 30 minutes today, that's okay. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, can you find five? Can you find 15? It might mean giving up something else. It might mean pruning away another episode of The Office, okay? And that's painful, right? Because that's our preferred way to relax, to unwind. But can we prune that away? Can we prune away even something that's relaxing and enjoyable for something eternal, for something that will bear supernatural, super abundant fruit in our life? Another obstacle that you might encounter when going to prayer is fear. Just your own emotions or thoughts around prayer, right? Um, God isn't listening to me. Why does this matter? Nothing ever changes. God doesn't care about this little thing. So many people are going through a crisis. He doesn't care about uh, my hard morning or my grouchy toddler. He doesn't care about this project I'm working on or this desire of my heart that continues to go unfulfilled. It's, it's fine. I'm fine. I've said those words, right? So we might have fear about kind of who God is and how he is toward us. You might have fear about prayer itself. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing it wrong. Um, God's not happy with my efforts. Lots of, of lies, if I can just be blunt with you. Lots of lies and accusation can come at us when we make a move to be more faithful to prayer. Discouragement will come because the enemy is real. And he knows that when we spend time with the Lord, when we abide with him in that dedicated daily prayer time, the lifeblood of the vine will course through our bodies and will become supernaturally, super abundantly fruitful. And the devil doesn't want that. So he's going to convince you in any way he can that prayer doesn't matter, that prayer doesn't change anything, that you don't have time for prayer, that prayer is actually selfish. I mean, he can get pretty creative in the ways that he lies to us. And sometimes it seems like we conquer one way, right? We, with the Lord, we reason our way out of one thing or, or the word answers one uh, objection that we had, one fear that we have, and the enemy kind of changes tactics. Well, now prayer feels dry. I'm doing it wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I have so many resources. I don't know where to start. So there, there are going to be obstacles to prayer that come in the form of fear and emotions. But remember to listen for the voice of God. Because at all times, there are only three voices speaking to us. Uh, God, ourselves or the enemy, the enemy of our souls. So we want to listen very closely for the voice of God, which always comes gently with patience, encouraging us. Even his conviction feels so good and so strong. It's, it's never condemnation. It's always an invitation. It always imbues us with strength. So we want to listen for that voice. Sometimes our own voice can get in there. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I feel insecure and those things are okay, but those aren't the final word. Or sometimes we hear the voice of the enemy discouraging us, 
accusing us or lying to us about the fruitfulness of our prayer or even about our own hearts. So we want to reject that and we want to zoom in, zero in on the voice of God, enlarge the voice of God in our minds and, and reject or quiet anything else. We want to only give authority to God's voice. And do you know where we can find that authoritative voice? In God's word. If you want to hear God's voice, read the word. Many of those lies will be uh, spoken against. They'll be rebutted in the word. So if you wonder, uh, does God care? Is God with me? Read scripture. Because if you read Matthew 6, you'll know that uh, you're more valuable than the sparrows in the sky. If you read about the coming of Jesus and the name entrusted to his foster father, St. Joseph, God calls his son Emmanuel, God with us. So no longer do you have to wonder, is God with me? Is he for me? No, it's, it's in his name, Emmanuel. He's with you. Jesus himself says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I, I will not leave you orphaned. So read the word. The word will combat any of these fears, any of these lies coming at you about the fruitfulness, effectiveness. What is the point of prayer? Read the word and that will clear things up. And one other obstacle to prayer, this one's going to be kind of overarching. It's going to be a choose your own adventure kind of obstacle to prayer. And I just want to call it blanket excuses. We have a lot of excuses. I, I, you know, the baby didn't sleep last night. I got to bed too late. Um, I, I have too much to do today. Uh, prayer has been dry lately, so does it really matter, right? We're gonna come up with excuses at all times. And many times it's just our laziness, it's just our flesh kind of warring against this thing that actually will bring us life and make our, our life so much better. So I want you to just bring your excuses to the Lord. Let's get curious about our excuses. If even as I'm talking to you about five minutes or 15 minutes, you're kind of like, whoa, like I pray. You know, if you're finding there's a defensiveness in you, there's a resistance there. Let's get curious about that resistance to prayer and, and even bring that to the Lord. I always say curious, not furious. So let's get curious. Let's not get defensive or angry. Let's just bring those excuses before the Lord and, and see what he has to say. Just talk to him even about your obstacles or your perceived obstacles. And look at that. You're praying. <laughs> even by bringing those obstacles to the Lord and just talking to him about your fear, your lack of time, all of that amounts to prayer. You're just entering into relationship and sharing with God what's happening in your life. Have you ever met um, an older person? I'm thinking specifically your grandma <laughs> or an older lady that you see at church who's there early. She's praying her rosary. She's so devout during mass. She even stays after. She always has a smile, a word of encouragement for someone around her. You know that lady? You got her in your mind? That woman... <laughs> didn't become like that overnight. Her kindness, her gentleness, her joy, her listening, that, that gift of herself to others, that didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen only because she made a choice to be that kind of a person today. That kind of woman 
you're, you're seeing, you're eating the fruit of her life. You're receiving the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which was cultivated over the course of her whole life. If you want to read about the fruit of the Spirit, about what happens when we invest in a life of prayer and abide in Jesus, Galatians 5.22 will tell you the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of a life lived abiding in Jesus, walking with the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those things that we want overnight. Oh, make me more patient. Teach me how to love. Oh, I lost my peace. God, give me my peace back. We want those things in the way that the world promises. We want them instantly. But in reality, they're cultivated over a lifetime in prayer, in relationship with Jesus. So friend, I, I wanna encourage you today to begin to invest in being that woman, <laughs> that grandma at daily mass with her rosary and her smile with that, that peace that just seems to come off of her and ripple out to the people around her. That's the fruit of her life. And Jesus himself says that, that he wants us to bear fruit, fruit that lasts. It's in John 15, verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you, you. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And friends, the fruit that lasts is the fruit of the spirit, your love will last, your joy will last, your peace will last. It takes time to cultivate, just like uh, the harvest takes time to grow and to come to fruition. But love, joy, peace, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are what last and they're what people remember. So today, cultivate those fruits in prayer. Bring all of your excuses, all of your fears, your busy schedule, bring it all to the Lord and ask him to prune away anything that's keeping you from that intimacy that will change your life and will change your relationships, will change the course of your life and even the generations. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Oh God, we desire to bear fruit that lasts. We want to eat the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We want to experience more of that in our lives right now. We want to give that fruit to the people that we love. So God, help us gently just like your spirit does. Help us gently to prune away any obstacles to that most important meeting every day, our relationship with you, our time in prayer. God, would you supernaturally make a way uh, to prune away, to cut off any excuses, any fear, any voice that's not your own? Would you, would you rebuke those lies, Jesus? And would you help us today to see your face, to receive your love, and to grow in holiness. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, my friends. I'll see you next week.
Bye now.